welcome to Aviation United by Aviation Zorro. I'm delighted to be chatting with Dr. Rebecca Lewis, a GP with special interest in the menopause from Newson Health. A very good day to you, Rebecca. How are you getting on? Hello and good evening. I'm, I'm really well, thank you. Good. Sitting here in my bedroom broadcasting to a blank screen, so I hope, uh, Wonderful. hope it'll be interesting for people. We'll see. You can probably just see the Aviation Zorro logo. You can't actually see me. So that's what no, that's right. That's right. I can just see, see my face. They're suspicious. They're like, what, what, what can she see or what's she looking at? But yeah, I, just, I just look at my face, which is a bit off-putting, actually. But no, then... not at all. Don't put yourself down <laughs> like that. So what part of the world are you in at the moment in your bedroom? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm in the spare room, actually, because we're all set up with COVID and things. We've had uh, little offices in each spare spare room for my husband and the kids and me. So it's, um, yeah, this is my this is my new office, really. Is it mayhem? Well, no, it, no not too bad, actually. I think we've all adapted fairly well, um, considering, and uh, the children are back at school now, so... And are you so, in England, is it, at the moment? Um, Oxfordshire, yeah. Oh, very, very... I actually lived... I'm going to bore you here for a brief second. I lived in Oxford, I did. Um, yeah. All I can remember, I lived near a Sainsbury's. But that's, that's a different story altogether. <laughs> we'll move, <laughs> we'll yeah. move swiftly on. <laughs> so yeah. thanks very much, uh, Rebecca, for joining me today. So can you tell our listeners a little bit about your background? Yeah, well, just briefly, um, I trained at Guy's Hospital in London and qualified... Um, 1991 so some time ago now and I initially was an anaesthetist for a few years in hospital and then I changed to general practice which I've very much enjoyed and have been a GP really now for ooh, getting on 18 years and um, and got into the menopause sort of in the last ooh, five six years really in a, in a serious way and now that's all I do in fact is um, um, I work in a clinic uh, that only sees menopausal women and and treat and I treat these women and it's the most rewarding um, work I do actually because so many people feel so much better um, and uh, but there's a lot of education that needs to get out there and a lot of misconceptions about menopause and and women not really and society not really understanding it terribly well so thank you for inviting me along I hope just by chatting today will it will um, hopefully educate some people and uh, and make them more aware of what's going on with their bodies so it's less of a trauma i hope no i i totally agree i mean you mentioned they're trying to educate i mean from from a man's point of view i all i hear is the word menopause so what what is menopause so ed educate me yeah. okay <laughs> so actually it's from the greek meno month and pause stop it's when a woman's periods stop so um that's usually about the age of 51 in, um, in Europe. Um, but before that, um, there's a, a time called the perimenopause where the periods become irregular and symptoms can occur as well. And what happens is um, we're born with so many eggs in the ovaries and we, we lose these eggs and we um, run out of the eggs really. And it's all very natural and normal. And eventually we stop producing, um, the ovary stops producing eggs, but as it, stops producing eggs it also stops producing these hormones estrogen progesterone and testosterone and they are really very important hormones for women uh, to enable them to function normally and we can see it's not just that one day you wake up with hormones the next day you don't have hormones unless you've had a surgical operation to remove the ovaries it's a decline in ovarian function gradually running out of eggs, gradually running out of uh, estrogen. And that can be starting in the mid 40s and your periods become irregular. Um, and then eventually the periods stop. Some, some, the average age is about 51. 
So it's a uh, sort of time scale, really. Um, but important to remember that um, one in 100 women will go through this process under the age of 40 and one in a thousand under the age of 30. So it can happen to younger women as well. Oh wow! Okay, so what then about the signs and symptoms? Sorry, signs and symptoms associated with menopause. Yeah, sure. Um, so we run out of these hormones, which are really vital for our function. Like hormones are all over the body. You know, thy thyroid hormones. We all know about low thyroid or high thyroid, and if if you have low thyroid hormone, we replace that with thyroxine. Well, similarly, with um, the estrogen from the ovary, that's the main, main source of our estrogen production. And that's the most important hormone for women because ev almost every cell in the body, would you believe, has estrogen receptors or estrogen cells on, on, on them. So um, it, estrogen is underpins so many mechanisms of our body. So in the brain, in the heart, in the bowel, in the vagina, in the bladder, in the muscles and joints, um, skin, hair, um, all, all over, and the nerve function as well. So it really, when we lose estrogen, these organs don't function properly without it. Um, and we get symptoms, you know, because we're deficient, if you like, in, in this hormone. And do these symptoms then, do they differ from other diseases or can they sometimes be misdiagnosed? Definitely, yeah. It's um, because it's not just one symptom, um, you know, of just hot. People think, oh, it's just hot flushes and night sweats. That's a classical symptom. But twenty percent of women never get those symptoms. Um, so there are a myriad of symptoms, probably about thirty-four symptoms. And starting from the head in the brain, it's um, the limbic system is to do with our mood and concentration and anxiety. Um, and that part of the brain really relies on estrogen to function properly. So a lot of women get rather flat and low in their mood. They may think it's depression. It's, it's not depression. It's different. It's a flat, low, low mood, increasing anxiety. So, for example, women suddenly can't want to drive um, um, on the motorway or um, that's a very common symptom. We're just over anxious about everything, overthinking. Um, and, you know, some, some poor women have it very severely and, and you know, housebound with the anxiety. So it can be very, very serious. Um, the concentration also goes down. So multitasking becomes more difficult in, in the workplace. Obviously, that's going to really affect performance. Um, memory goes down. We can't get the right words quite often. Um, they come in the end, but, you know, it can be in some women, not all, but some women, it can be so profound that they, they worry they're getting early dementia because um, they cannot recall the, the words properly. Um, so pretty devastating symptoms, as you can, as you can imagine, just in that one area. Um, and uh, important to say that 80% of women will have significant symptoms of the menopause and 25% of those women will have severe symptoms. So that's the, that's the sort of psychological symptoms, which mainly are the ones that floor women. Hot flushes and sweats, most people have heard of that. Um, the thermostat in our brain is affected by estrogen, so when we lose that, we get super hot um, at night and in the day. We have hot flushes and sweat um, and then get cold after, after that. In the heart, palpitations, in the bowel, irritable bowel, nausea, reflux symptoms. Um, in the vagina, um, sensitive area, but it becomes very, very sore and dry because the skin thins without estrogen. Um, and the bladder, which shares the same wall as the vagina, um, 
also that the, the lining is thinned um, and more likely to have urine infections or we can't perhaps sometimes control our urine as well as we used to because the muscles in that area are much weaker. So you can see just from that how many symptoms women can get and it would all differ. It, we're as unique as, our menopause is as unique as we are. So your friend may uh, get hot flushes and be absolutely drenching with sweat, you know, most most eat most nights. And uh, another woman might, may never get a sweat or a flush. Um, so it's, it is variable, but there's still these constellation of symptoms which are uh, diagnostic. Imagine a woman, if she's suffering with severe symptoms of feeling exhausted, not sleeping. I don't know if I mentioned that again, that's, that's another symptom. Um, and trying to concentrate at work, uh, the memory is poor, she's irritable with colleagues, perhaps she can't remember things, she's sweating and flushing all the time, she feels low, no energy. Okay, so you can imagine how difficult that is at work and why it's really important now that the workplace is having some policies about menopause. Say, for example, um, having fans on the table, something as simple as that can really make a, a woman feel much more comfortable. She's got a fan there to cool her down, access to the loose for changing, um, you know, heavy periods out of the blue or changing shirts because of the uh, sweating, um, flexible hours, if that was at all possible. Um, if you, you know, having two or three hours of sleep for three or four years, <laughs> you know, it's yes. going to be exhausting. So perhaps starting later and finishing later, Things like that can be really helpful. Um, just a few little statistics. 10% of women in their 50s leave their job due to menopausal symptoms. 51% um, will take time off and 19% that time off will be over eight weeks. 51% um, reduce their hours. So from a business point of view, they're losing really experienced women in their 50s, uh, 40s to 50s. Um, and to re-employ someone costs an enormous amount of money. So it makes business sense, of course, as well as ethical and moral sense to look after uh, their staff. And, and I think having a communication support, we, we alluded to how important support is. You know, if your line manager perhaps is male or is a woman who, who doesn't really understand the, the, the menopause, if, if, if the line manager is aware of these sort of potential problems, then as soon as you're aware of a problem, then solutions can be found more easily, um, can't they? So it's, it's just really important to highlight the impact um, of menopause in the work. After all, we, we're aware of antenatal, how women, when they're, they're pregnant, they have special sort of um, arrangements, um, et cetera. Um, but the menopause really has been neglected um, and we've lost you know, really good, high quality women uh, because they, they cannot cope with their jobs as they used to. But um, it's, it's looking at solutions, really, as well as, as causes of why someone might not be performing well. It's important because it's the most rapidly growing um, demographic is, is women over the age of, of 45 to 55 in workplace. So um, potentially a lot of employees will be affected. Can, can we wear, I mean, can, can women wear any clothes to help the hot flushes to keep them cool? Or I don't specific? I mean, I mean, there, are some, there are some, yeah, there are some companies that are sort of marketing that, but I don't know how effective they are, but it really, you know, I know ladies who can see me in the clinic, they, they take a change of, you know, um, shirt to change in the loose in the day because they're so drenched. It's, it's really embarrassing as you can imagine for them and, you know, perspiring on the face and, um, you know, when you're talking to your boss or whatever is, is not easy. 
Um, it's embarrassing. So, you know, it's, there's no particular clothes you can wear, I don't think really, but it's, it's dressing in layers. So you can, you can take off a jumper quickly and, and, and go down to a t-shirt or something like that. But um, yeah, it's, it's, it's very difficult for, for, for women. And the problem is there's so many different symptoms, just to say, you, you actually mentioned before, and I didn't answer that properly about misdiagnosis, you see, because there's so many symptoms. If you're feeling rather flat and low, and you know, anxious is commonly misdiagnosed as depression and people are given antidepressants um, or their muscles are really achy and stiff uh, due to the lack of um, estrogen in the collagen. And um, so they're diagnosed as a muscle problem like a fibromyalgia because they're also exhausted and tired. Um, and so there's, a, there's plenty and palpitations are sent to cardiologists because they, they have you know, palpitations where your, your heartbeat runs very, very quickly out of the blue. Um, they see urologists for the bladder because they keep getting urine infections and can't see why. Um, so they're investigated often unnecessarily and given a diagnosis which actually is wrong. And that's what we need to try and improve the awareness of um, what menopausal symptoms can mean. And, you know, it can masquerade as many other illnesses as we just said. So it's actually looking at them all together um, and looking at the pattern of the periods of a, that a woman's been having. Have they changed? Is she having flushes and sweats? And that constellation of symptoms all together would um, lead to the diagnosis of menopause. What about then, uh, Rebecca, for the, uh, say, relationship-wise? So say me being the, mm. the silly husband or the, uh, the boyfriend or the partner, how, how can I try and be more understanding, especially for a woman that's going through menopause? Mm. Well, so there's lots of, you know, these, these symptoms are of, of fatigue, low mood, increasing anxiety, are often uncharacteristic. So it's very difficult to recognize your partner um, if that's happening um, and understanding why that might be happening is a, is a first step, um, I think, and important. Um, irritability and rage, again, in the limbic system, that's another sort of area where we get so frustrated sometimes and, and the rage can come out of nowhere from previously very happy, happy-go-lucky, easygoing people. It's completely out of character and women always say, I'm just not myself. Um, and this exhaustion and fatigue. So the mental changes really, I think, affect the relationships. Um, and women feel sort of detached as well because um, they, they can't quite connect with their loved ones as well as they did before from an emotional point of view because the nerves are uh, sort of, sort of um, firing off all the time and they're constantly, if they're constantly feeling anxious, um, they can't relax and communicate as well. And they often want to hide and withdraw. So a lot of ladies um, give up seeing their friends so often, can't be bothered. This fatigue and apathy is very, very common. So they just can't motivate themselves to go out and socialize or see friends or chat. They, they very much withdraw. Um, and, 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 you know, that's an understanding that from a partner is, is, a, is a good step. And I would suggest actually going to um, a website called Menopause Doctor, which is unbiased and evidence based. And there's a lot of really good podcasts there, really good information about the menopause um, and how it can affect people. There's even podcasts we've done on about relationships in particular. Um, anxiety, lots of different 
symptoms and it's explored in more detail, which I, I, I would thoroughly recommend for people. How, how can you ask Rebecca, say come mm. from a partner's point of view, how mm. can you ask, could, can you just come out, especially if you, if you have a partner who's kind of, as you mentioned, you know, a little bit more tired, a little yeah. bit more uptight, they're kind of a bit more maybe snappy. Can you just yeah. come, out, come out and say, you know, are you going through the menopause? Is that a <laughs> sensitive thing to say? Well, I think it's up to the individual relationship. It depends what relationship you get, you have, I guess, doesn't it? Yes. But, um, you know, for the, the main thing is the women, women don't realise that they're going through it. This is the, the greatest problem. Um, perhaps their periods have changed. That's one of the first signs. And then maybe instead of having a very regular um, cycle every 28 days, that could change to 26 days or go a little longer to 32 days, for example. So it's very subtle. But that and being over the age of 45 and having these symptoms are very, very strong pointers to the, the changes happening. Uh, the perimenopause is, is starting. We're beginning to lose the hormones. So I think men reading about it and going to menopause doctor and reading on the website, again, will educate them and say, you know, and so they can talk about together. Do you think this could be hormonal? Um, often symptoms are much worse before a period. Um, so that's the problem to start with women have these symptoms and then they may in the initial stages then resolve um, in the middle of the cycles, the hormones um, increase a bit. But the, the, the time just before a woman's period is when the hormones are at their lowest and when they're beginning to lose hormones, that really will be quite low. So that's often when people experience symptoms. And because the ovary doesn't just stop, it's a sort of stuttering stop, if you like. It sort of slowly phases out, but then it can recover for a little while, for a couple of months. So then women feel better again and they put their symptoms of stress, exhaustion, uh, low mood down to life. You know, we, have, we all have busy lives now, the kids or the elderly relatives, the job. Um, so that's why it can take some years for, sometimes for, for women to realize that, 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 that the uh, change has started. So men, be aware if you ask your partner, if you're going through the menopause, you may get a, a fluffy pillow on the back of your head. So just be just be very aware oh, of that. I guess, I guess that depends, doesn't it, on, <laughs> on, on how you phrase it. How, yeah. how, just be careful. Be, yeah. be sensitive. So Rebecca then, so the long-term effects of, like, are there any long-term effects of the menopause? Yeah, so, so number one, if it affects you badly, which it, it will for 25 or even more women, really badly, you know, they have to be hospitalised sometimes with uh, symptoms, um, see psychiatrists because their mood is so low, they're so paranoid and anxious. Um, so number one, you know, it affects the immediate quality of life. Um, but there are long-term effects of living without oestrogen. We're now slowly realising um, for the last you know, 20, 30 years, we're seeing how living without estrogen has long-term health effects. For example, um, it, it increases your risk of cardiovascular disease, so heart attacks and strokes. It increases your risk of osteoporosis, um, which is a really um, silent disease. In fact, osteoporosis means thin bones. It doesn't mean painful bones. So people confuse that often with osteoarthritis, which is a painful swollen joint. But osteoporosis is like brittle bones and thin bones. Men can get that too, but it's much more common in women. So one in two women over the age of 50 will have osteoporosis before they, they die. So it's very, very common. Um, and the problem is that an elderly woman or older woman, they can fall and break their hip. 
um, and they have a mortality associated with that, or if they do recover, then 80% become dependent. Um, so it's really important that it's a time to take stock, really, when we are, when we realize we're in the menopause, to think about our future health, because most people want to live a long, but healthy and active and useful life. Um, and looking after our bones is really important. Um, and, you know, keeping strong by doing exercise regularly and, and getting treatment for the menopause in the right way can also prevent or replace the hormones that the woman has lost and therefore help, will help prevent these long-term health effects. So then what, what are the treatments available and are they safe? Yeah, so it's a big question, isn't it? But the, um, the, the menopause is an estrogen deficiency uh, problem because we're running out the main producer of estrogen's ovaries and they are failing and that's a normal phenomenon. But um, hormone replacement therapy is exactly what it sounds like. It is just replacing the hormones a woman has lost. Um, and that is the most effective um, a treatment for women. It will, because it's, it's, it's going to be, isn't it? It's, it's replacing uh, what has been lost. Um, and that will stop most women's symptoms in the majority, vast majority of people. Um, and actually, um, HRT, um, not only does it restore women's function back to normal, so they're sleeping properly, so the flushes have gone, the sweats have gone, so their mood improves, so they feel lighter and not so anxious, their concentration comes back, they can perform better at work. Um, so this is an enormous improvement. Um, and um, the long-term health effects from HRT are really important as well. So it will halve your risk of um, heart disease if you take it within 10 years of your last period. It will decrease your risk of osteoporosis. It's the, the, the best proven, the only proven treatment uh, to help prevent osteoporosis. So that's really important. Um, and if taken within 10 years of your last period, it can it will cause it will reduce your causes of death a little bit. Um, so you live a little longer if you take HRT within 10 years of your last period than not than, than after that. So really important health benefits. Um, there's some encouraging evidence that also it depends which type of HRT you use. Um, we use in our clinic body identical, which means exactly what it sounds. It's exactly the same structure as the estrogen and progesterone that we, we produce in the ovaries. Um, and that's an encouraging study saying that that has uh, shown to decrease your risk of type 2 diabetes and even dementia. So lots of long-term benefits as well as immediate benefits. So that's the benefits of HRT, really. Um, I guess the important thing to say, what are the disbenefits? What are, are there any risks? Yes. And it depends what type of HRT you're, you're taking. And that's really important um, because there are so many old-fashioned HRT, more of the tablet types, that really are very different from the newer ones we're using now. So I would always recommend uh, regulated body identical HRT um, because that is exactly the same structure as the estrogen from our ovaries and the progesterone from our ovaries. So the body likes it. It's physiologically perfect. It's replacing what's gone, replacing like with like. It's derived from the yam root vegetable. So it's a nice natural source. And we always give with this regulated body identical, the estrogen's always given through the skin which has many advantages because it's not metabolized by the liver. So it does not increase your risk of blood clot. 
Um, and that's very important for some women who have certain diseases anyway, like blood pressure, uh, migraine with aura, uh, diabetes, obesity, liver problems, and other, and other things. So taking it through the skin is so safe because it doesn't increase that risk of blood clots. So people with migraines can have this type of HRT. And often women are told they can't have it because of migraines, and that's incorrect you can't we don't do advise not to have oral estrogen but through the skin estrogen is is perfectly safe so um so there are many advantages of of um, this body identical regulated hrt um really the only um problem we need to discuss perhaps small potential risk perhaps is the increased risk of breast cancer with okay. some type of hrt Combined HRT is estrogen and progesterone, and that has shown a very small increased risk of breast cancer. Um, but this was completely overblown in the 2000s, where we historically have got all our information from HRT um, and in the media and the press. And so lots of women got frightened and stopped their HRT. But the study that was talked about in the 2000s has been reevaluated, and actually, it's not correct. There may be a small increased risk of breast cancer, but it is less than the increased risk of breast cancer from drinking, say, a large glass of wine every night. Right. So there is a, maybe a small increased risk with combined HRT. You have to weigh that up with all the benefits, okay? And you have to say, well, what, what, what is the increased risk? The increased risk we've calculated is about four extra cases per thousand women after five years of taking HRT in their 50s. Four extra cases per thousand is less than um, two units of alcohol every night, which is five extra cases per thousand. And it's far less than being over, overweight or obese, which is six to ten times the risk of HRT in um, increasing your own risk of breast cancer. So then is a very, very, for some combinations, there's very, very low risk, increased risk of breast cancer. But we've got to balance that with the health benefits that I've just explained and the, the improvement in quality of life. And you can decrease that risk by exercising regularly, for example, losing weight or watching the alcohol intake. If you exercise two and a half hours moderate exercise a week, that actually reduces your risk of, of breast cancer as well. So if you're feeling better because of the HRT, a lot of women are able to stop drinking so much because they were drinking a little bit too much just to numb their symptoms perhaps, or they're able to exercise regularly because of their muscles aren't aching and they've got the motivation back because of the HRT. Do you see? So it's it's not a simple, it's looking at the whole person, how it how it affects affects them. Uh, Rebecca, um, we spoke there about uh, HRT, HRT treatment. Yeah. Tongue yeah. twister. Is there any other alternative treatments available? Yeah, I mean, good question, because um, sometimes some women choose not to take HRT once they're aware of the facts, or some people it is contraindicated. So, for example, an estrogen receptor positive um, cancer. Um, and there are alternatives as well. Exercise is really important um, to help build up the muscle because we lose muscle, muscle uh, strength when we lose estrogen. Um, diet making sure we have a good uh, level of calcium in our diet to help our bones and taking vitamin D to make sure we're absorbing the calcium. So that helps, you know, the bone uh, structure as well. Um, and things like 
um, some antidepressants, not for the mood at all, I wouldn't recommend it for that, but if, if women can't take HRT or choose not to, it can help flushes and sweats. Um, so that can be quite helpful. CBT, um, that's cognitive behavioral therapy, a type of counseling for extreme anxiety um, and also palpitations. It has been shown to help that. So that can be explored as well. Um, some people find yoga very helpful because it involves some meditation and relaxation techniques, again, for the anxiety um, and, you know, muscle stretching and, and that sort of thing. So there are other um, ways to look at the menopause. I think the key thing from today really is to, to highlight what the menopause could mean. I hope it will resonate with some of your listeners that, oh my gosh, that's me, she's describing me. And then they can go to Menopause Doctor website just to get more information and be empowered and then make the choices for themselves alongside with their doctor. Um, but HRT, this type of HRT is very easily, uh, for most people will, will do well on it. There will be a few exceptions that it's not possible to use that. Um, and there are good alternatives, but the ideal world would be get to get to your hormones balance and do the alternatives. So exercise, we should all be exercising, shouldn't we? You know, eating a healthy diet with calcium, um, enough calcium in it, and vitamin D, um, looking after our minds with relaxation techniques, uh, meditation, CBT if we need it, you know. So it's a holistic approach really to the woman. But um, so I hope that's sort of given a flavor of, of, of options out there. Yes, I mean, we, you're right. We all should be exercising, especially when you can see my love handles. It's kind of like I, I have a one pack, so it's, it's not very right. <laughs> it's, a, it's a perfect stomach for a, for a podcast. Nobody can see it. So I'm looking here at the menopausedoctor.co.uk and there's the Balance app. So what's the Balance app? Yeah, that's um, Dr. Newsom has brought that out as well. That is a free um, app for women. Um, and basically it's fantastic because it's got all the symptom checkers there. Uh, women can um, track their periods and how they might be changing and track their symptoms, how that can change with their period. Um, so that can be really enlightening for women. Then there's ways you can go off as a community um, to share things and talk with each other, which is could be really supportive for women to hear, oh gosh, you know, someone else is, is suffering the same way as I am. And that's that's really nice and supportive. Um, so there's community and sharing there. There's access to um, lots of podcasts and um, written information by experts, um, recipes, um, you know, exercises, uh, looking at low sugar in the diet, lots of different things that uh, people can, can, can explore um, for their health, in, in fact. Um, and lots of people are, are loving this and saying it's so easy to use. Um, yeah, it's free. So, it, you know, you may as well download it and have a look and see what you think. And for the listeners, it's very, very fancy. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell this one. I'm on, I'm on the Menopause Doctor uh, Instagram page. Oh, yeah. And I can yeah. see Dr. Louise Newson here. That's and it. she has 72,000 followers. She does indeed. Yeah. Very yeah. impressive. Yeah, that's we're, right. We're just short of 71,000 950 we're nearly there we're nearly there. <laughs> yeah I've got, I've got a little baby instagram account we're nearly there but that's not important right now we're just talking no, about menopause and, and that's the main yeah. thing so can I ask Rebecca, uh, you mentioned there uh, previously the menopausedoctor.co.uk, is there yeah. some sort of scale or some booklet 
that the listeners can use with relation to kind of finding out way, whether they might have menopause or not? Yes, there is. I mean, if you, if you, if you go on there, there's a, a questionnaire called the Green Climacteric Score, and they list most of the symptoms of the menopause. And you can download, you just type in questionnaire, and you download that, and you tick the boxes, and you, and you can see all these, these, these symptoms, and you can tick how severe they are. And, and that will help you understand that actually, yes, those are menopausal symptoms. And you could take that along to your GP and say, look, I think I am having a problem with, with my hormones. I'm really suffering with this, this and this and show them the questionnaire, the symptom checker, if you like. Um, and there's also the best type of HRT you can get to be prescribed. Um, it's called, uh, if you type in easy, easy prescribing guide, then a guide will come down to show what the best type of HRT, the safest type of HRT is. Well, as Dr. Rebecca has mentioned, um, I'm actually checking the website out here at the moment, which is oh, yeah. doctor.co.uk. I have it yeah. all here in front of me. I'm getting myself fully educated. So as Great. you mentioned, you have, um, you know, there's lots of resources, there's podcasts. Yeah. Podcasts there's, are really easy to listen to, yeah. Uh, yeah. Booklets, fact sheets. So when you're, when you're totally bored of this one, this podcast, <laughs> you get yourself on, on a menopausedoctor.co.uk. Yeah, that's right. I think it's so difficult to discuss everything in menopause, but it's signposting women to really good, accurate information. Dr. Newson, who uh, set up the website, um, has also written a book, uh, Haynes Manual of the Menopause Guide, which is really easy to read and fantastic information for men and women. Um, I, I'd also recommend that, really. Well, I want to thank uh, Dr. Rebecca Lewis for chatting with me today on Aviation Night by Aviation Zero. And as she's mentioned already, you can check out all the top information about menopause on menopausedoctor.co.uk. Thank you very much, Rebecca. Thank you.